What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we have another no-hitter, folks. We have another no-hitter. Carlos Rodon threw a no-no yesterday for the White Sox. We saw Musgrove throw one not too long ago. Seems like just last week. And now we have Rodon doing his. He was just too out shy of a perfect game. He went into the ninth inning. He had a perfect game going into the ninth, but then a back foot slider hit Roberto Perez. Put him on first base, but then he was able to finish off the the no-hitter. The no-hitter, not the perfect game, the no-hitter. And Carlos Rodon, what a journey for him. I mean, this is a guy who was a very highly touted draft pick. You know, he was drafted number three overall coming out of NC State. And he was seen as, you know, the future. Because I remember watching him in college. And watching him in college, you knew he was big league ready. He was one of those guys you're like, yeah, he's not going to spend much time in the minor leagues. And he didn't. He came up to the White Sox pretty quickly and, you know, he was there and he was pitching well when he first came up. But then injuries completely derailed his career. I mean, in December, just what, four months ago, the White Sox non-tendered him. But then they brought him back on a one year, three million dollar free agent deal in February. So he obviously had something to prove because what that means is that they weren't willing to pay him what he was slated to make earlier so they restructured a deal and they're only paying him three million this year because he's been a guy who's missed so much time due to injuries i mean he had tommy john surgery he had a shoulder surgery i mean he had more i think he had like you know a wrist or a forearm or something you know with, with his with his arm there as well so he's only thrown 42 and a third innings over the last two seasons but the talent was always there i mean you knew that if he was healthy, he was going to be good. Like I said, coming out of college, he was majorly ready like already. But, yeah, I mean, that ninth inning was actually a, a, a pretty big challenge for him. I mean, Josh Naylor hit a squibber to first. That pulled Jose Abreu to the right of the bag. And then Abreu fielded the ball, raced to the bag, and he slid foot first just to beat a sliding Josh Naylor by inches. They had to review it, and, and they just had him out there. I mean, if, if Naylor actually ran through the bag, he would have been safe. He would have been safe, but he decided to slide, and then he used his left hand to touch the bag when his right hand was actually closer. It was it was just a terrible slide by Naylor. He should have just ran through the bag, and he would have been safe. But he helped out Rodon there. And, um, yeah, so Rodon was able to finish the no-hitter. But watching that ninth inning, you could see he had so much left in the tank. I mean, he threw, what, like 114 or whatever pitches? And in the ninth inning, he was touching 99 miles an hour. I mean, he was, like, sitting, like, 95, 96, and then, like, when he reached back for more, when he was trying to get a strikeout, you saw him touch 99. It was like, wow, this is like 114 pitches in the game. He could still touch 99. That's pretty crazy. So he had a lot left in the tank. And he just got into a rhythm and was able to get stronger as the game went on in general. But the White Sox gave him all the offensive support he needed by scoring six runs in the first against Zach Plezak. And that knocked Plezak out of the game after just two-thirds of an inning. Your mean Mercedes had another three-hit game. He had a three-run homer during that opening rally. So Rodon, he had Tommy John surgery May 15, 2019. So he's the first pitcher to ever throw a no-hitter within two years after having Tommy John surgery. So that's a good sign. Now, obviously, he's back. He's healthy because you don't throw a no-hitter if you're not back and healthy. You're not touching 99 in the ninth inning with 114 pitches if you're not back and healthy. So that's Everything the White Sox could have hoped for, and then some. So congrats to Carlos Rodon for tossing the no-hitter. We have two now. Just two weeks in the season, we have two no-hitters, folks. That's that's pretty awesome. So the next thing I want to talk about, completely shifting gears. This is going to be somewhat controversial, 
I, I know this is a topic that people people are, are, are on opposite sides of the spectrum on, and this is with Major League Baseball announcing that they are going to experiment with rule changes during the Atlantic League. So the Atlantic League is like another league. It's like another professional league, but I think it's like independent ball or whatever. But they're a partner of Major League Baseball. I think just in 2019, they, they signed a three-year deal where MLB would use the Atlantic League as a testing ground for a bunch of rule changes and pace of play alterations. So two new rules are going to be in place this year in the Atlantic League. So the first one is called the double hook rule or the DH rule, designated hitter rule. What this rule means is that a team will lose its DH once the starting pitcher is pulled from the game. So from that point forth, the team is going to need to either deploy a pinch hitter or allow a relief pitcher to bat in what was the DH's place. The goal of this rule is to incentivize teams to leave their starting pitchers in longer and increase the value of starters who can work deeper into games and increase, obviously, the strategic element of late innings in a game because, you know, the longer you keep your starter in, the longer you get to keep your DH. So, obviously, this would definitely cut down on the amount of teams using openers because if you're using an opener and you pull pull that pitcher from the game, well, you, you lose your DH in, like, the second inning, and teams aren't going to want to do that. So that's the goal of the rule. So you have to remember MLB's overall aim here. It's to increase the number of balls in play make more action, increase the pace of play. You know, the whole point is to make baseball more palatable for more people. I know people, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't like to hear that because if you're listening to this podcast, you already like baseball, I assume. But there are a lot of people who find it hard to digest baseball because of the pace of play. So MLB, obviously, at the end of the day, it's a business. They want more viewership. They want, you know, yeah, they want more viewership. So They've realized that what sells is, you know, action, pace of play, balls in play, home runs, uh, you know, just, yeah, balls in play, not as many strikeouts, you know, things like that. So that's what they're trying to get to. So that's one rule that they're going to play with in the Atlantic League this season. The, the second rule, so this is where it would be implemented in the second half of the season this year in the Atlantic League is where they want to move the mound back by a foot. So right now, it's 60 feet, 6 inches between the plate and the mound and the rubber. They want to make it 61 feet, 6 inches. And based on the notes that they released, the average fastball velocity in Major League Baseball has increased from 91.6 miles an hour in 2010 to 93.3 miles an hour in 2021. So they're saying that a hitter's reaction time on a 93.3 mile an hour pitch thrown from 61 feet, 6 inches is approximately the same as a reaction time on a 91.6 mile an hour pitch from 60 feet, 6 inches. So basically, they're kind of turning back the clock, trying to make it so that we're seeing the reaction time similar to what we saw about a decade ago. And that that's what they're seeing. I mean, they could, and they're also saying that that would even be the minimum, a, a one-foot increase would be the minimum increase. Maybe they might make it even further. And a lot of people are saying, well, could this lead to some injuries and stuff for pitchers, you know, trying to throw that extra distance? And apparently there has been a study. There's a 2019 study that was conducted by the American Sports Medicine Institute. And in that study, they asked, they asked college pitchers to throw from 60 feet, 6 inches, 62 feet, 6 inches, and 63 feet, 8 inches, ultimately concluding there are no significant differences in, in key measures of rotational motion or acceleration and then pitch velocity and percentage also remain consistent according to that study i mean that's a lot of that's a lot of words to me it just sounds like they're saying that velo was consistent i don't really know 
I mean, they're saying rotational motion acceleration. So I guess they're saying that if there's no difference in those metrics, then you're less likely to see any difference in injury rates. I don't know. But with that being said, in the Atlantic League, they're going to implement that in the second half of the season so they can compare data from the first half of the season to the second half. And obviously, just because these rules are being being tested in the Atlanta League doesn't mean they're necessarily coming to Major League Baseball. But you'll never know how these things go if you don't try them. I mean, the Atlantic League has already tried a bunch of things. They've had robot umps. You know, they had limits on shifts, increased base sizes, things like that in the Atlantic League. And some of those have already made it to minor league baseball. We're going to see some of that this year in minor league baseball. And I think it's only a matter of time before some of this stuff makes its way up to the big leagues, like the robot umps, for example. There's always going to be a broad range of opinions regarding any rule changes. I know this is going to be is going to rub some people the wrong way. But my stance is you'll never know how it goes if you don't try it. And I don't think it's a good thing for baseball fans like us to bury our heads in the sand and, and not recognize the fact that a lot of people want more pace of play and that I think it would be better for baseball as a whole if it were a more socially popular sport. And if one way to do that is by increasing pace of play, I mean, I, I would I would welcome that because I want to be able to talk about baseball with the average person. I want to be able to watch baseball with more people. And I think that would just make it more enjoyable rather than just having, you know, a few group of people I know who would be interested. But I would I would like to like it to be just as popular as other sports. So that's that's my take on it. Test it out. See how it goes. I mean, they're going to look at the data. It's just don't don't freak out, guys. It's not in Major League Baseball yet. Let's just see how it goes. So that's my opinion. Well, that's going to do for today, folks. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.